Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi, it's Jackie Cation And you are listening to The Dork Forest The website's JackieCation.com DorkForest.com TheDorkForest.com if you like a determiner Let's do the credits. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio and video. Vilmos works on JackieCation.com. And Mike Rickberg uh, sang the song with his wife, Sarah. He composed it, and he will sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of this show. Thank you so much for listening to The Dorks Forest. Here's a scoop. I'm doing stand-up online. A lot of Zoom shows will eventually go back on the road. Sign up for my email list. It's easy to get off. It's harder to get on than it is to get off. And no harm, no foul, if ever bored. JackieCasia.com. Sign up for the email list. You'll find out about my weekly Zoom shows and stand-up on the road eventually. You may donate to the show if you would like. I would like. Sure, I would. There's PayPal, Jackie at JackieCation.com, and there is a PayPal button on both DorkForest.com and JackieCation.com, and there's Venmo, if you like Venmo, Jackie-Cation, oddly enough. If you have listened to all of the shows, go to DorkForest.Bandcamp.com, I think. The Dork Forest has a Bandcamp page. You can listen to a, but a lot of ones that are free from pre 2000 nine when I started pre-recording and uh, then there's a live episodes that cost me a couple of bucks. So I charge you a couple of bucks. There's also some stand up. There's a story uh, album. That's very exciting there. And um, other than that, I have a lot of merch in my garage. Feel free to order if you know anybody who doesn't have any CDs or the DVD. And uh, you can follow me everywhere at Jackie Cation. Let's get into the show. Hi, Jackie Cation. In my garage. That's right. That's a closet behind me. Not gonna lie to you. I should have set this up better. Uh, we have we have a new guest, you guys. It's gonna be a musical episode. So strap in, get your All shot right. glasses out, and <laughs> it uh, start doing hits when I ask too basic a question about the band. But with me is uh, podcaster Brandon Palomo. Brandon Palomo, how are you? I am doing well, Jackie. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Welcome to the program. You have a podcast yourself called The Better Band, and it's at The Better Band and Better Band Pod. Wait, Better Band Pod is the handle for Twitter and Instagram and everything. Mm -hmm. And BetterBandPod.com is the website. Yeah. And your name, Brandon Palomo, uh, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P-A-L-O-M-O. It's at that for your personal Twitter and all that stuff. Or uh, Brandon P. I figured, yeah, yeah. Oh, just brand a P. Oh, there yeah. you go. A little nice. easier. The band we are going to discuss is Pearl Jam. Uh, I've heard of Pearl Jam. <laughs> I'm sure I've heard Pearl Jam. Uh, I know it's a '90s kind of flannel shirt kind of band. If I if I remember correctly, is that? Oh yeah, when I came of age. When it came of age, and and I think uh, there was a there's a a certain amount of people that were 15 in 1995 who lost their minds and uh but the uh, uh i don't know anything about pearl jam you did already send me an eight track list of pearl jam songs which i have not yet listened to but i oh, will okay. and uh and i'm sure you'll be like you would know this song it was huge <laughs> you were in gas stations and grocery markets and uh so when what what brandon what, mm -hmm. How many where do people we start? are? How do yeah, we begin? where do we where do we begin with with Pearl Jam? Uh, with Pearl Jam, for me, it started because I was growing up. My dad was real into sci-fi, so he had comics. Uh, he had some Lord of the Rings books, uh, other weird. Uh, I think there was a Robert Lynn Aspirin somewhere around there, a myth something or other. And sure. so I liked the intricate stories. I liked mythology behind mm -hmm. things and Pearl Jam had a mythology had a story you could go back into the long boxes and see oh hey the little box in the corner this guy also made an appearance in uh, X Factor number four go back and read that it's like oh okay I can get this so it Pearl Jam starts in 1990 okay it's when the when the band forms however you go back into the 80s 
And uh, two guys, uh, Stone Gossard, who shares your birthday and how this kind of okay. podcast got all started. I exactly. mentioned that to you. And uh, Jeff Amens. They're buddies. They meet each other. They uh, get in a band. They start a band called Make a snide reference there, I guess. Uh, you were frozen for that joke. What was oh. the name? <laughs> my my internet uh, supposedly is unstable, which doesn't make any sense to me because I'm hardwired. But uh, so what was the name of their band in the 80s? Uh, Green River. Okay. Was it was a band uh, had those two guys, Jeff and Stone, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, a guy named Mark Arm and Steve Turner. And uh, as you do when you're in a band, you have creative differences. And so they started getting big <laughs> and then they started arguing and then they broke up. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Arm and Steve Turner go and create a band called Mud Honey. Okay. Which I think is a reference to uh, portable toilets and uh, what oh. you find inside. <laughs> they, uh, you know, so, so it, we're a simple people. Uh, humans anyway because uh, you got to name your band something and uh <laughs> yeah it's and yeah. i guess the more uh colorful it is the uh sure, the more sure. It, it attracts i'm sure attention. the label was like what do you guys think about this anyway so <laughs> so those it was, guys it met, was the 90s you know it's <laughs> yeah yeah so those guys met in the 80s and mm-hmm. started the band and then did they meet in college in high school at a bar um, just hanging out at 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 uh at music venues yeah it's sort of um the whole scene that you had different people who knew each other and it's like oh i went to school with this guy i went to school with that guy i knew that guy in some other band very what, incestuous. what music scene what what music scene were they in were they in minneapolis was, were they in no, seattle? The, the seattle yeah oh, they yeah, were seattle all, guys okay. yeah all sort of started in seattle um jeff uh he's the bass player he uh grew up in montana and found his way out to seattle to do arty stuff Sure. As you do. Right. And, uh, and oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> they, uh, they, uh, they start uh, another band then. Jeff and Stone like each other. One plays bass, the other plays guitar. Hey, let's start another band. They uh, get this guy, Andy Wood, who was in a band called Malfunction. Is Andy Wood a stand up comic now? No. 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 Okay. This, no. Andy Wood, not that Andy, uh, Wood. <laughs> not that Andy Wood. Andy Wood founded the Portland Bridgetown Comedy Festival and is a comedy writer and has, weirdly enough, uh, a, a, a musical podcast so uh, or a musical show that he does with another comic. And, and he plays guitar, but clearly not uh, maybe. I mean, he's a good comic, is a great comedy writer. So uh, I don't. I was taken unawares, Brandon Palomo. <laughs> so. That's all right. well, Go ahead. There's a, there's a, there's another name coming up, which uh, which which might be a little uh, sound a little familiar. If it's too. Patton Oswalt, I'm no. gonna kill. It's gonna take. Go ahead. Uh, so they they form another band uh, called Mother Love Bone. Uh, I guess you got to get you know your your innuendos in where you can, like you said. Yeah, dick jokes are dick jokes. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Um, so they they start playing. They get big people start to talk about them um the andy wood who is the singer for this band ends up overdosing on heroin and so that's yeah Yeah, yeah. i I think it's like the day before their album comes out that it was supposed to be their big shot if it wasn't if it wasn't the day before uh if it was the day after it still would have been terrible (laughs) Okay, so they lose their lead singer. Yeah, so they lose their lead singer. This is like, oh, this is our second time at bat. Uh, <laughs> maybe we're not destined to to be a, in a in a band or anything like that. Um, the roommate were they doing? Were they doing heroin too? Do we know? No, no. Do no. We know if they're big druggies. No, we don't no, know. No, okay. the, the, the 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 other druggie, I guess, is coming up. Uh, okay, fair not, enough. Not to be, uh, you know, 
right, uh, right. Stereotypical. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Oh, or insensitive. Yes. Yeah. We're, it's rock and roll, so you know, it's uh, it's alcohol yeah. or drugs or women. And or, this, at no time, should anyone think that this is glamorous. You know, it's a great way to die <laughs> old in your bed, yes. without <laughs> shoes on, with loved ones all around you. Anyway, in debt because uh, oh wait, in that means de- you won. Wait a minute, <laughs> right, right. If you die owing money, that, that is a win. Go ahead. Um, so Chris Cornell, uh, who's okay. in a band called Soundgarden, right at this time, who uh, is another big band uh, around right. the time. Yes, uh, he's uh, he's a roommate with Andy Wood. Oh, okay. And so this uh, really bums him out, and he ends up uh, writing a couple songs in tribute to him, and he's like, hey. Let me get those old guys who are in uh, Mother Love Bone together. Let me get uh, one of my they're guys. All friends anyway, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, let's let's do this tribute for uh, you know for my friend, and so mm-hmm. he gets his uh, drummer for Soundgarden, uh, Matt Cameron. Okay, and they all start playing. Uh, one of them says, "Hey, I know this guy who, in high school. He had a glam band, and they kind of uh, broken up now because nobody cares about glam, and so we'll call him in." <laughs> Mike McCready, he was sort of the uh, the the guy who showed off on guitar, who wanted to be Stevie Ray Vaughan. Okay, you might have heard of Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> I have heard of Stevie Ray Vaughan. I, all I know is it's contentious. The best guitar player, maybe in the world. We don't know. We don't know. Some people say it's Prince. Other people say it's uh, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, now we've tapped out my guitar knowledge. Keep going. <laughs> so. Um, they they start playing they are like hey let's put it out an album uh as as tribute and so at this time um the jeff and stone mm-hmm. from the original album uh original band we started talking about and this new guy mike who's the uh flashy guitar player they're like yep. hey let's start a band together um and let's try this 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 again so we need but a drummer but not the sound garden guy no Okay. No, Soundgarden guy went band. back to Soundgarden. Yeah, which he's is like, oh, we'll do this tribute popular. album. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just so people hopefully can hear about this, my Andy. Yeah. Fan. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we need a drummer. We need a singer. Put the words out. Uh, they go to Jack Irons, who at this okay. time is in Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I'm about to leave Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, you know what? I'm not real into playing drums with you guys. I know a singer, though. So give me your tape. I give this uh, tape to a singer uh, I know whose name is Eddie Vedder, who is the singer of Pearl Jam. Right. Might have heard his name. Yeah. Yeah. I would have, I would have guessed a different band, but Eddie Vedder. <laughs> yeah. That, that is uh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So they all kind of come together. Yeah. Um, they record demos with, um, with Matt Cameron, who was the Soundgarden drummer who played with them in that tribute thing. Okay. They, they start playing. They get another drummer. They make the first album. They get. They start getting huge. Put up their second album. Sells a million records in a day, which doesn't happen at the, all at this point in time. Right, right. Because this is CD times, right? This is. Yeah. It's Napster, but it's not digital. It's not full on digital yet. It's still CDs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think CD burners are just starting getting to put in, put into computers and stuff like that. Right. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they sort of insisted, it's like, Hey, we want to put our music out on vinyl because we're cool. And this is retro. And yep. this is the way music is supposed to be heard. You get a big flat, you know, 12 inch thing to look <laughs> crackling, at. And... Crackling Rose. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Going a little Neil Diamond on everybody. Do it. And, a little uh, scratching, maybe. If somebody really wanted to do that with their album, they wanted to be available. Sure. Yeah. Um, so they make a couple albums. They're like, uh, you know what? I think we're getting too famous. And so we're not going to make videos. Yes. They're like, you know what? It's it's a it's a it's a it's fickle not mistress. about the art. It's a fickle. It's about the art, man. We're too yeah, famous. We gotta, okay, we got to be true to ourselves. We can't sell out. You know, okay. this is the nineties. We got to be true. You know, okay. we authenticity. Say, Let's you see. You want to fight the man? You want to say, hey, we want our tickets to be twenty bucks, not any higher. Okay. Ticketmaster comes along and says, hey, we like putting fees on tickets. They say we're going to fight you, Ticketmaster. They go all the way to Supreme Court. Um, they're the ones who did that yes they're the ones that did that oh 
I remember that. I remember the court case. Sure. Yeah. Uh, can't remember a song, but yes, the court <laughs> case. <laughs> yeah, that's they're they're they pop up every every yeah. once in a while. It's like, oh yeah, I, I think I've heard about that. I know something yeah, yeah. about that. Um, how did they, how they, did they do at the Supreme Court? Oh, they lost. That's oh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's Ticketmaster. Ticket yeah, yeah, they're gonna win. <laughs> They, you know, they're, they're selling tickets to themselves and then reselling them on, uh, you know, with whatever website or something that they have now that they did. Yeah. Oh, they're still doing that. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> it's but because uh, to my understanding, Nick Ticketmaster has a deal with venues. And mm-hmm. if you don't want to use Ticketmaster, you can't work that venue. Yeah. And, and that, that they're in, there's the rub, you know? And because um, the rub's like, well, we need to make our six to twelve dollars a ticket, or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And okay, so so where does where is Pearl Jam playing? Are they playing giant venues? Well, at this point in time, they're like, okay, you know what? We have a drummer, um, who's our third drummer now. At this point, he's he's a third drummer. Recorded their second and third albums with them. You know, he's a little bit too into this fame. We don't really like him that much. We're going to fire him. Hey, we're going to go back to that Jack Irons guy who was in Red Hot Chili Peppers, who had who passed Eddie Vedder the tape. Oh, right. And we're going to say, hey, can you drum for us now? And he says, yeah, sure. I'll go ahead and drum for you. Okay. So now they have another drummer, like a drummer that they sort of originally wanted to have. And they get new energy. They're like, screw you, Ticketmaster. We're not going to play at those venues. And they play at crappy venues. You they know, play because... at just a more dodgy venues, but small venues where people get to see Pearl Jam among 250 people. Yeah. And, and plus, you know, the tickets aren't, you know, 80, 50 bucks and stuff like that. So they're a little bit cheaper. So the kids right. can go see them. They can afford. Right. To and are they, and this is still the nineties. Mm-hmm. And there's, so they must be just, there's, Here's what I've never understood about bands, because there's four people, four or five people in a band. You know, a stand-up comic, even even if you're it's low headliner money, one nighter stuff on the road, you make two hundred bucks mm-hmm. uh, for a one nighter at a Best Western four wall in it. Um, you get a hotel and two hundred bucks, and then you've driven there. Uh, you get to keep that whole two hundred dollars. <laughs> Uh, if you have four guys in your band, everybody gets 50 bucks. You might get one hotel room. You have to sleep like puppies and, um, and you've driven there. Is that correct? Is that yeah. sound- they'll, they'll sleep in the van. You know, you get, Sometimes they sleep in-, in the van. They get no, they get no room at all. Yeah. You get, you get the merch though. You get the t-shirts, it's, you get the CDs. Right. And, and that is, that is pretty good money. Uh, they bands taught comedians how to sell merch, which is, uh, which was a gift from, but I wish we could have taught them to ask for more money and hotel rooms, <laughs> but we're losing our own edge on asking for hotel rooms. So maybe it's just bleeding over. Um, so, okay. So it's still the nineties. They're, they're grinding it out, like doing what, like five shows a week at a, at different venues so that they yeah, can make enough money. Yeah. At this point when they, when they're trying to shun Ticketmaster, it cuts down a lot. You know, it's, it's more, time between gigs and stuff like that so that's going to cut into you know the money you're making and everything like that as opposed to playing you know five shows a week or so um right because you know they're playing big now they're big they're famous you know it kind of happened uh, between the first two albums which came out uh three years apart so it's uh it's 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 getting pretty wild um so the tour a couple times have a couple more records um now Jack Irons, he's like, you know what? I'm getting older. I'm older than you guys because I played with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and they're really, really old. So uh, uh, we got a. Uh, 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 how I'm, old are these people, by the way? In '95, how old are the two founding guys? '95, they're they're about your age, I believe. I'm. They're 56. What's happening? Oh wait, no, no, they're they're your age. <laughs> they're so however old you were. In 1995, so like in the so like in the late mid 90s, they're in their 30, mid 30, early 30, yeah. So they're um, so and and the and the Red Hot Chili Pepper guy is 35, so he's maybe five years older than they are. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Probably five or six or so. So he's been he's been around the block. 
Oh, yeah, just <laughs> twice, though. And uh, so, uh, okay, so these guys, they start the band when they're 30. What did yeah, they do before mid, that? Mid-late 20s. Mid-late 20s, I think. So Depending, the, they're, they're kind of different ages. But, okay. Um, yeah, well, how old are they now? Well, actually, I could look it up, and then I would find out. They're probably in their mid-50s now, I believe. It's uh, So, yeah, so they didn't start... They didn't start the the Pearl Jam, and if they started it in ninety, uh, they were twenty five. Mm-hmm. So um, then, and and then they're famous by the mid nineties or the late nineties, right? Yeah, probably, probably still probably ninety three, ninety four when they're at their biggest. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, and but so so now the red hot chili peppers guy doesn't want to tour with him anymore. Yeah, yeah, he's like, ah, I got my family, I got kind of bipolar issues, I got to take care of myself. I can't, you know, go out and travel and not sleep and. Right. Are, wh- oh, go ahead. No, oh, I was gonna say I got to take care of myself. That's what you. Uh, that's what yeah, you yeah. learn as you get older. It's like, oh, I should have uh, saved my knees. Maybe mm-hmm, that's uh, mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to walk and not uh, not creak around. Exactly. It's uh yeah, so these guys were all born 64, 66, 66, and then Jeremy Irons, he's only uh Jack Jeremy Irons. So that's an actor. <laughs> I'll be over here. Uh but uh the, the 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 that guy, he was born in 62. So, uh he's like 3 years older, 4 years older than the rest of them. So, but he's but but the thing is is being a rock star that has got to be like, first of all, all the, ha- I mean, I know that they have, they have people to carry their stuff, right? I mean, this is the big <laughs> leagues, right? They're, not, they're, they're, they're playing with the uh, white balls, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but there's, it, it's got to be just a bigger grind. I mean, if you're 35 yeah. years old or 38 years old and thinking to yourself, I'm too old for this shit. Just think about how much, you know, how much work that is. Did you ever play, Brandon? Uh, yes. Actually, uh, listening to Pearl Jam as a kid, I was like, ah, you know, I want to try my hand at uh, playing guitar, being in a band. Yeah. That sort of thing. So there was heavy lifting, and then you have to, <laughs> and playing for three hours, right? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. how long the shows are, right? Yeah, that's how long they are now, now-ish. And, well, I mean, e- even if it's just a two-hour show, you got two 45-minute sets, and then you take a 15-minute break or something. Is that mm-hmm. right? Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, it's not like – it's like the difference between basketball and baseball, right? Basketball, <laughs> you're running the whole time. And then baseball, you're, you know, you're mostly sitting around running hurry really up and fast. Wait. Yeah, a lot of hurry-up-and-wait nonsense. So I think I think rock, rock and roll is more – basketball than baseball <laughs> don't you think yeah yeah so uh, i i can see why you'd be tired at 38 yeah yeah jack too was like i said he was in the red hot chili peppers that was going in the early 80s so that's that's a pretty hardcore band too that yeah does substances and right <laughs> the early 80s he's tw- if he was born in 62 he's 20 in 82 mm-hmm Right. So I don't know when the Red Hot Chili Peppers was founded, but or what when they first started playing out. But um, I remember hearing about them in college in like 85 or 86. Mm-hmm. Is that about right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Don't really know too much about them. I know they made a uh, they made a record. Yeah. No, they made a record with George Clinton. And I think cocaine got a co-producing uh, credit. Oh, OK. On that album, too. So. They, All uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> So the, so they're they're um so do they have to get another drummer? They're hard on drummers, the Pearl Jam. Yeah, it's they, they the the fans have sort of called the drummer situation at this okay. point. Just drummers coming in and out. So at this point, they're like, okay, we need another drummer. Hey, Matt Cameron, at this time, your band Soundgarden has broken up. And remember you played those demos that kind of were with us and you're oh, right. in our, our 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 the tribute band, Andy Wood. How about you can play drums with us? He does. He joins the band. It's some weird sort of full circle. It almost seems like fate. Right. At this and point. What year is that? Uh, this is 97. 
This is the 97 uh, tour for their album. Uh, How long did he last? came out about that time. He is still in the band now. What? He, yep. That's so they, they, they found their missing piece. This is, it's <laughs> the Goldilocks. Complete. It's the Goldilocks story. Finally. Just right. Uh, so are they still playing out? Are they still? Yes. As of this recording, they just played their first show in three years last night. Okay. Where was it, it? was it was New Jersey, but you know, it's yeah. still going out there. It's still playing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, are you in Seattle? Do you live? No, I'm in, uh, I'm in Reno. You're in Reno. Oh, yeah. I like Reno. A lot of people don't like Reno. They like Vegas better. They're wrong. Uh, <laughs> because everyone who goes to Vegas, I, and this is strictly from a gambling, like the downtown kind of situation. <laughs> Reno is much prettier than Vegas, of course, uh, because it's in the mountains and it's very beautiful, but, uh, um, I like Reno because it's full of people who are like, do you, do you want to go lose $200 and have dinner? Yeah, let's go do that. And in Vegas is everyone's like, I'm going to meet Matt Damon and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> and, uh, you're just going to lose $200 and you have a nice dinner. So, uh, that's why I like Reno, but, uh, that's cool. Yeah. We get some uh, pretty good, uh, sushi from, uh, from the uh, Bay area, I think. Oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah. And what, uh, how many times have you seen Pearl Jam? Have you seen them live ever? Yes, I've seen them around 15 times, I think. Holy smokes. Yeah, that's, that's not a- that's not as much as some people have seen them who I, I don't know if they have trust funds or what, who have seen them uh, lots because, and lots of times. Because they are expensive, even though they're still trying to be relatively affordable. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, at some point, you know, when you aren't, driving yourself in a van yeah, and you kind of get a bus and you get people to drive for you and you get people and you have a light show and yeah, you, you know, you, you become a corporation. You have people mm-hmm. you gotta, you know, pay a living wage to. So you're not as right. bad as those people you're railing against. Then <laughs> you gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, uh, uh, hack off a hunk of money for, right. A, for to go see, well, how much is it to see uh, the last I went and saw live music about two years ago, Brandon. <laughs> uh, I saw Hart at the Hollywood Bowl. Hart, and, uh, also yes. from Seattle. Also from Seattle, Hart. Yep. I did not know. I enjoyed it uh, a lot, and uh, but it was it was I think a hundred bucks. I think it was a hundred dollars mm-hmm. to go see him. Is that how much it is to see Pearl Jam now? Uh, yeah, they'll usually. Um... They want to, you know, people, uh, what the scalp tickets and stuff like that all the time. They want to say, oh, no, hey, this you know. was face value. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like people, people are doing that now for, you know, Pearl jam and, and everybody else, you know, they'll sell stuff on all the stub hubs and whatever. Right. Have so- and stuff. So they, they try to, uh, you know, it's like, okay, we'll sell two tickets at a time because, um, you know, chances are you want to go with somebody and, yep. you know, if you are want to go somewhere, you're not going to try to sell a ticket to somebody else or whatever. Just sit so next to you. Yeah. That'd yeah. be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they, you know, they'll do, they'll do that. Uh, people, people uh, who go see Pearl Jam is like, Hey, I'll buy two tickets. And I know somebody else is going to want to go who doesn't have a ticket. So, you oh, know, yeah. they, of course, people how try much to do the, it like face value and stuff. How, how, what is the face value of a, of a, of, of the ticket that of a Pearl Jam ticket? Um, they, oh man, they used to be a whole lot cheaper <laughs> now. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's probably around $150 for two tickets. Okay. Or so, which is pretty, which is a good deal of money for, for a night out, but you know, you're going out to see a band mm-hmm. that, you know, the t-shirts are probably 40 bucks each or whatever. Yeah. And, um, do you do the whole thing? Like when you go, do you go? You get a, do you have Pearl Jam t-shirts? I did an episode of the Dork Forest about Chicago, the band Chicago. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Pardo was the was the uh was the guest and he was lamenting. He gave away all of his Chicago t-shirts one year. Oh. He put them in Goodwill and now he's repurchasing them on eBay. Yeah, but and with a uh with a with a tax on it too. The, with a tax <laughs> and investor they don't, tax. And they don't fit right. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? Because there there were somebody else's for twenty five years. But do you have do you have Pearl Jam t shirts and stuff? Yeah. Do you, oh, did got, you get the merch? I got one right now. Is it's that, the fan it's from the fan club. Oh uh, that they have. So you enter in the fan club. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you pay uh, forty dollars for a year. They send you a free shirt. Mm -hmm. They say, "Hey, we got we record all of our shows we have since the two thousands. You can get a free bootleg." A lot of people listening to all the different bootlegs. They change their uh, sets pretty much every night. So it's kind of like, oh, you know, I've seen them once this tour. I want to yeah. see them the next night, though, because they're going to play all different songs. And so right, right. they have, you know, deep cuts, B-sides. How many albums do they have? Oh, yeah. I went, uh, I think Weird my stuff. You froze what, it for a sec. Yeah, I did freeze. Uh, what? Um, how many albums do they have? Uh, they have 11 albums out now. Uh, they just put out one uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic, which was uh, it's, excellent it's, timing. <laughs> right. Perfect timing. Uh, it's interesting that um, that they are they mostly studio albums or live albums? Uh, those are just studio albums. But okay. um, like I said, um, starting in 2000, that whole uh, stretch of time, I think it was uh, uh, their you two shows and so they put out 72 cds of each of those shows i think it broke the record another record broken of the most uh albums on the billboard 200 at the same time oh my gosh it's because yeah. like five or six of them all got on there oh that's amazing they um i like that i like that their fan club is reasonable because mm -hmm. for 40 dollars, it's sort of like a it's kind of like a, a a very basic kind of Patreon kind of thing, but it's forty bucks. Is mm -hmm. it forty bucks a year at least, or is it forty bucks one time? No, it's forty bucks a year. When it when okay. it started out, they they called it the Ten Club. Um, they called it Ten. The their first album is called Ten. Uh, they when they were first starting their band, they were originally going to call it uh, Mookie Blaylock, mm -hmm. not Mookie Blakelock, who I know is another comedian. Uh, Mookie okay. Blaylock, the uh, basketball player. Okay. Who uh, had the number 10. Okay. And so that's why they named their album 10 and everything was 10. They had their 10 club, which was the fan club originally was $10. But as you do with inflation. Sure. And yeah. you get a free t-shirt. I mean, the yeah. thing is, is if, if the dork forest, if, if I had a Patreon, I, I actually like the idea of just sort of a, a flat fee. You're like, do you want to be in the Patreon? Because right now, the Dork Force doesn't have a Patreon. People can just email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com. <laughs> Live it up. Uh, so, and they can buy shirts, so they can buy stuff. But it's, um, but it seems like a, like a really cool, especially because they're so popular, right? Because it's a they have a they have a giant fan base. Mm -hmm. That it seems reasonable. You're like forty bucks a year, you get a free T-shirt and access to bootlegs. Yeah. That's incredibly generous, I think. My ad, my ad, my ad. I'm about to do an ad. Rangers, it is a crazy world, and we know it. We know it. Oh, my gosh, do we know it. I am very much looking forward to touring some more and going back on the road. Uh, and there's it's stuff I'm excited about. There's stuff I'm rather not think about, obviously. Uh, I think we all know what it is. It's politics. Uh, but you can't always control the vibes out there. But you could always control the vibes in your head with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears. I use the everyday earbuds. And the everyday earbuds, uh, I use them in the airport. I use them when standing in line, quite honestly. And uh, I use them for phone calls now, too, because they're super comfortable. Uh, whether you use them to wind up or, or wind down or calm down, I like to just, they're my go-to for on-the-go audio right now. So the everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. They have uh, an improved rubber oil look that feel, they fit right in your ear. They are comfortable to wear for hours on end, and I do at the airport. I wear them for easily three to seven hours, taking them out, putting them back in when the you know when the uh, flight attendants come by and ask me stuff. But they have optimized gel tips for the perfect ear fit. Um, it's just it's great. They because they they go flush to your ear, so nobody they're not just hanging around, 
right? They're great. You can get three new sound profiles to make sure that everything you're listening to sounds its best with the right amount of bass, for example, or treble when it comes to just talking. There's pure mode, which is for podcast listening. Listen to the dork for us. Do it. Blues, instrumentals. Balanced mode for podcast, but then rock and then heavy rock and metal. And then bass mode for your hip-hop, your EDM, your reggae. Uh, oh, I like reggae, but I haven't listened to that in a while. There you go. Uh, there's an all-new awareness mode for when you need to listen to your surroundings instead. Raycons offer eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life, which is great. There's also a built-in mic, and you can take calls in your earbuds. I use it for that as well. At the press of a button, you use the buttons inside your ears, like just on the edge of them. And you go one, one, two. One, two, three, and it's awesome. Uh, Raycon started half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. So right now, Dork Forest listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash dork. So use that specific URL, buyraycon.com slash dork, to save 15% on Raycons. B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash dork by raycon.com slash dork let's get back into the show yeah and i i think um i think there's some other uh musical artist doesn't have a connection to pearl jam but uh, i think amanda palmer who kind of said you know if you have like 100 super hardcore fans that are willing to give you you know like a hundred dollars a year she didn't write you that, know. but yes, that is, uh, th- that's, that's the old standard. Cause mm-hmm. when I learned about merch, I learned it from bands. That's the only thing I know about music is sort of, the, <laughs> is sort of their, how to merchandise, how to make a buck. Yeah. And I just know, I just know their strategy and, uh, and I, and I'm sad about their, their hotel strategy, but their merch <laughs> strategy is dead on. And the dork forest is based on that, that, if you can get a hundred super fans and the super mm-hmm. fans each give you a hundred bucks a year. Um, like right now, the dork forest has 40 super fans and right. um, that's 40 people a year who give me a hundred dollars a year. And, uh, and some people give me more, a lot of people give me less, but, um, but that's a uh, hundred times a hundred. That's, that's pretty good money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not going to embarrass ourselves and try to do the math uh, live, but <laughs> uh, right. I think it was. I think it was. 10, it was yeah, it's ten thousand. I think. I think what you want is a is a thousand people to give you a hundred dollars a mm-hmm. year. So maybe I have. Do I have four? No, no. I think I only have forty. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've, I'm anywhere. This is the fourth the 16th year of the dork forest, by the way. And you would think at some point, uh, this would be a profit making endeavor, but I'm not too worried about it. Uh, because about I still the art, right, Jackie. Well, cause I like, I mean, you have a podcast, by the way, I am talking with Brandon, uh, Palomo and he has a podcast and it's called the better band. And you talk about Pearl jam. And do you just, how many episodes are there? Um, I'm going track by track through all their albums. Uh, it's over a hundred something or other. Okay. I've had so far. Okay. So you're just, you're unpacking the, the band, mm-hmm. right? And you're just doing, uh, just doing it track by track in, of for 11 albums. Yes. Unless okay. they put out another one, then I I'll consider that being renewed for another. Season. What album are you on? <laughs> uh, I am on their final album with sony uh with sony records so that is their seventh album that mm-hmm. uh they put out in oh so you're on uh, their seventh of 11 okay mm-hmm. uh did the the spotify list that you send me of eight tracks by the way mm-hmm. spotify added another seven tracks to your just by themselves yeah just Huh. Yeah, they're just like, you like Pearl Jam? Here's another seven <laughs> songs. So I couldn't tell which eight you picked and which eight they picked. And then I looked at your YouTube list because you you did you did both, which mm-hmm. I find enormously dorky and delightful. <laughs> uh, so I included um, a couple live songs. You got to have that. You know, it's right, about right. the experience. And, right. But the YouTube is just your eight. YouTube didn't choose to add another song or two just because I liked them. So um, so I'm going to listen to them on the YouTube. 
on the YouTube list rather than the Spotify list. Okay. I think I've heard of one of the songs. It's called Alive. Mm-hmm. That I think was a hit. Um, yes. What uh, do you want to go through the songs that you that you picked? Why you picked them? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, let's see. The first song that I had on there was Long Road. Yep. Uh, that song was, uh, they recorded it with Neil Young of all people. Okay. Uh, they, they played as Neil Young's backing band for an album in 95, uh, Mm -hmm. called Mirrorball. And they, uh, because uh, they were with Sony Records, they said, hey, uh, we don't want you uh, credited as Pearl Jam on this album because of money reasons or something. And sure. so, you know, go ahead and play with uh, with Neil Young as long as you guys don't have your name on there. Okay. Uh, they had a day in the studio. Ed wrote a song called Long Road. Um, it was played, I believe, at the um, 9-11 uh, TV show that they had um, like a week or two after after that happened. Oh, wait a minute. Like a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Was like the TV, I was like, did I miss a 9-11 thing? TV show no. <laughs> right after 9-11? <laughs> I'm praying to God it isn't a dramedy. Uh, <laughs> so, what? Uh, so, uh, yeah, the music that they do is is guitar rock, right? Mm-hmm. Pearl Jam? Yeah. So yeah. Um, is it is it just like a lead, like lead guitar, bass guitar, drummer? What's the other instrument? Yeah, the, um, that's pretty much a uh, lead guitar, um, rhythm guitar. Okay. Um, they have added also a uh, a keyboardist. Okay. In their uh, in their okay. lineup early, early on. Uh, like no, here. later later on. Um, later after, on. yeah, their their sort of nine eleven reaction album. That's the one that I'm on right now. Uh, called Riot Act. They added in a uh, a keyboard player. Who is this uh, older, older guy who's probably 15, 20 years older than them uh, from Hawaii who okay. uh, ran into while surfing and kind of, hey, you seem pretty cool. Why don't you uh, <laughs> why, so why don't the, you play with us? Do they surf? Uh, yeah, Eddie surfs. Eddie surfs. Okay. Yeah. He's actually <laughs> the the the, uh, the keyboardist is actually featured on the second song, Love Boat Captain. Love Boat Captain. List. I saw the name of it and I was just like, is it supposed to be funny? <laughs> what, what, what kind of lyrics do they, what, what, what's the, what, what, what are they, what, what are the lyrics like? Uh, lyrically, this one uh, actually uh, references a, um, an incident that happened um, in Roskilde, Denmark, Netherlands. Um, nine fans were actually, uh, lost their lives during one of their performances. Um, people what, were just sort of going jams? crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so like, like, like got who trampled or, or yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So what? So, okay. Yeah. So this song is sort of a, a remembrance of them. One of the lines goes, uh, lost nine friends. will never know. And so kind of referencing that the nine people who died. Wow. Cheerful. Um, are they, um, do they do the so every now you've done seven of 11 albums mm-hmm. most of the the albums are do they have a story arc sort of like like do no can, they're not really uh big on uh concept albums or okay operas or whatever like that yeah yeah concept albums is is a is a new term that i've that i've learned <laughs> in the last couple of months so that so that but some of the songs on them like each song will just be in response to a different something that's happened or do, yeah. is, do they write the songs together or does somebody mostly write them? Um, in the beginning, they sort of each brought in what they had and they'd work on it a little bit. Say kind of like, okay, you know, here's my part to it. Here's your part to it. Kind of worked a little bit more together uh, in the middle times when they were getting super big famous a lot of it was Eddie Vedder coming in with songs and saying them saying, Hey, everybody loves you. You're the leader. So you write the songs. And it's kind of okay. like, ah, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so then they started writing more songs together. They would come up with something, bring it to the band. They all kind of play around with it, find out their own parts in it because, you know, 
you yeah. play the drums, so you know how to play the drums better than I do. So, you know, what's the drum solo going to look like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but is there, is there anyone specifically writing lyrically or do they, you know, someone brings the idea for the song and then they all kind of work on the lyrics together. It's mostly Eddie, the singer who uh, has the lyrics. There was a time where he got sort of writer's block. And so um, other people started contributing lyrics then. And so now it's kind of mostly Eddie, but it's not unusual to see somebody else, you know, the drummer coming in with lyrics. It's like, oh, hey, who know he could write lyrics or the bass player. Yeah, yeah. It's just more inclusive and sort of a way to spread the, you know, the wealth around and to spread the the responsibility around, I think is mm-hmm. a good idea because then nobody. So what's the one after Love Boat? Uh, one after Love Boat, Captain, is Daughter. Um, Daughter. That was actually the song that they were playing while um, the people got the trampled. People, yikes. Yeah. It, uh, it's not a sort of rocking hard song at all. It, it's a, it's an acoustic yeah. sort of song about a, a girl who uh, is abused. And so they have always written songs sort of, they'll write stuff from a female's point of view. They'll write stuff. Um, I believe one of the songs um Oh, if I would have had it next, then that would have been uh, that would have been great. Uh, 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 <laughs> great transition there, but uh, right, right. But but the, the song better, just find it. Yeah, yeah. The the song "Better Man," uh, okay. which I have on here too, uh, and which the my podcast is a uh, uh, a reference to that "Better oh, Man, pl- Better Band." The, the Better Band, got it. A pun, yes, <laughs> yes. No, I love it. You got to do something with the with the name of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. That that song is sort of about uh, from the point of view of his mother who um, who uh, Ed grew up with a guy who he thought was his dad. Um, turns out that his dad uh, ends up dying as he's a teenager, his real dad, and his mom tells him, he's like, hey, this guy was your real dad, not this guy that I married Raised to. you? Yeah. And, and uh, so that kind of threw him for a loop. Um, right, that's right. actually what the, what the song Alive is about. It's about, it about that. It's about finding out who his biological dad is and mm-hmm. and all of that. That's a huge reveal. How old was Eddie Vedder when he found when his mom told him? Like fifteen uh, or sixteen? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a teenager about wow. that time. That is. Uh, that could have gone either way. That could have gone yeah. Harry Potter. <laughs> that could have gone. Could have gone. Uh, <laughs> finding out your family is is a different family. He's the one uh, that lived, though, which you got the song alive. So that's... yeah, the boy that lived. Uh, <laughs> and it's Harry Potter. Anyway, so um, okay, so that's cool. Um, what a yeah, weird. The... You know, that's a weird thing about rock music is that it's also. You know, people are rocking out, mm-hmm. but if you look into the lyrics, you're just like, well, "That's a that's a really angry little kid going on there. What's going on there? Or that's a sad story. Or that's you know, because the the music that I have often listened to, and this will be the second time <laughs> I reference Harry Chapin in a month, but uh, but like Cats of the Cradle, you know, going in that this oh, yeah. is a sad song. There's no, <laughs> there's no, there's nowhere to dance. You know, there's nowhere to mosh pit in a Harry Chapin. <laughs> it's taxi. You can sign kind of a Klezmer-esque sort of, uh, you know, it's a kind of a right. medieval. Yeah, you could do a jig or you could do maybe a minuet. Uh, there's <laughs> maybe a waltz, but it's not, it's not a, it doesn't feel like a rock kind of thing. But when you look at some of those grunge bands from even, um, and I own one Nirvana album, and it's mm-hmm. the famous one. And so, and I've listened to it maybe a handful of times, but it's a good album. And, um, and, but it is not, and it's, and some of them are, you know, the sort of the, the, the metally kind of guitar mm-hmm. grunge, I guess. And, but if you get into the lyrics of it, if you get under it, you're like, oh, this is intense, right? These are some r- lyrics about some real events, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you'd like about Pearl Jam? Do you like the lyrics? Do you like the music? What brought you to it initially? Was it the music or the lyrics? Um, initially, it was probably the music. 
um, just hearing it and kind of, oh, hey, what's this? You know, I'd been listening. This is the early 90s. So I was listening to what my parents listened to. It was, uh, you know, Prince, Eagles, uh, Chicago. Okay. You know, they had they had that stuff in the house. And then this, you know, I sort of found it and it became my own, you know, as, right, right. Well, as some yeah. people do who get into music. They, they, they find their own way. Yeah, yeah, you got to find and grunge in the in the early '90s that you would have been what junior high, high school yourself. So mm-hmm. it would have been that would have been the time when you were like, well, I need to connect. It's not that Prince isn't good or I don't like Chicago or the Eagles or whatever. It's just that you know because um, but you do have to find you have to find the stuff you want to listen to. Yeah, that your parents are like, what is this? Okay, all right. <laughs> All right, we can listen to it. And uh, so, well, that's cool. And then what's the next one after Daughter? Uh, After Daughter, I have a song, uh, Present Tense. That song they played on an ESPN 30 for 30, I think about Michael Jordan uh, a couple months ago. Yeah. So they wrote two events to some extent. Like they wrote to uh, like 9-11 or to, um, they, they wrote... What is present tense about? Well, what it's, is uh, happening? It's, uh, th- this uh, this one they wrote back in the nineties. Okay, it's uh, just just sort of uh, you know you got to live life in the present tense. You can't. Uh, yeah. The, the 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 line of it goes. Uh, you can go on, keep on living, or uh, you can go on, keep redigesting past regrets. Okay. And you got to live yeah. in the present tense. Seems that needlessly it's getting harder to find an approach and a way to live. Are we getting something out of all of this encompassing trip? All encompassing trip. All encompassing trip. Yeah. Um Yeah, this is this is some deep stuff, man. <laughs> They're well, I mean, I I like I'm I'm more in favor of, you know, I like it when the lyrics are, you know, cuz there's poets and there's, and there's lyricists Mm -hmm. and you have a child and (laughs) uh, very, very sweet. And uh, the, uh, um, but the, but the lyricists of, of the last 50, 60 years are the poets are mostly Mm -hmm. the poets that, that, that we, that we see. So I like it when I, when I read something and I'm like, well, that's kind of deep and it means something. It's not, you know, it's not, Hey, go kill that. I know you. Let me tell you right. your name. I don't know. Do it. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> Jim Morrison does. <laughs> right, right. Just some weird. Yeah, it's it's all. Yeah. So there's an opportunity. What's after present tense? Because uh, I like present that. Present tense uh, is black. I have okay. a performance from MTV Unplugged that they played a uh, real early in the career when they still just had the one album. Right. Um, this performance in particular, you know, a lot of people talk about it and stuff. Just because oh, uh, it's literally acoustic, right? Yeah. Because it's unplugged. Yeah. It's an acoustic sort of ballad, you know, losing, losing a love, which, you know, is a, a early teenager. That's kind of, that draws you in, that drawed me into is like, Oh, I'm so lonely. I can't <laughs> right, talk <right>? to girls. <laughs> he knows what it's like to, <laughs> he knows what it's like. It turns out there's humanity. And um, yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's so that's five. You got three more songs here. What else did you put on the Yeah, uh then Better Man, like I okay. said, the sort of uh song about his mom with you know a guy he didn't like and she can't find a better man, so she she stays with him just because it's security, it's uh it's the patriarchy, you know. Oh wait. So so now we not now so, uh Eddie Vetter's biological dad. Mm-hmm. dies she yes. finds out that uh she tells him that the the man that has been raising him is not his biological father yeah and the man who she's currently married to is not a good guy either yeah oh yeah well, i think that's... his i think his uh his biological dad was sort of like hey he was a musician as well so right. he wanted he you know is kind of that's what he wanted to do. You know, wife was kind of yeah, like, uh, yeah, okay, fine. Go ahead and run around. I got a okay. kid now, so I got to take care of him. Right. And so she left the biological dad and hooked up with the new guy. Mm-hmm. And that guy is a musician or not a musician? 
Uh, I don't think he's a musician. Okay. But he is not a particularly good guy. Yeah. And Eddie um, doesn't like him. And Eddie doesn't like him. I wonder if he liked him when he thought he was his dad. Yeah, I don't know. He hasn't ever wrote a song about that. (laughs) Exactly. Right. I mean, it's just like, because um, does he, do you know if Eddie Vedder has any siblings, like younger siblings Um, with that man? I believe so. I believe like in a couple of concerts, he's said, oh, hey, there's my brother backstage or something like that. I believe, I believe he has a, he has a, a brother. Okay. At least a brother from uh, fr- from his mother's uh, second marriage, and At least so, um, yeah. wow! Here's the thing about that drama: <laughs> I want to know what the hell happened there, right? I was like, mm-hmm. "Hey, Eddie, so the guy who married your mom <laughs> and raised you—you you don't like that guy, even though he was there for you most of your life, and um, and gave you a little brother, and um." But the guy who bailed on you at birth, that guy, that guy's a hero because he's a musician. Was was that? Am I am I reading that right, Brandon? Um, possibly. I I I am not into the gossip of of the of, thing. You know, like I said, there's there's the mythology behind the band, right? Folks, and then there's like those two formed. songs, though, right? There's yeah. the yeah, there's Better Man and Alive and Alive. That's it. Is Alive the next one? Uh, the the next one is do the evolution. Um, okay, that is a that was a song that they made a video to for the first time since their first album. This was mm-hmm. off of their uh, their fifth album. It was uh, done by Todd McFarlane, who had his uh, Spawn cartoon out at the time. Okay, yeah, I tried to read that. Yeah. That didn't take, but um, <laughs> I, I I meant to because because uh, he's. Cause he's supposed to be super, I mean, it was interesting. It just wasn't, uh, it was the dark nineties of comic books where the bad guys were the cool guys, you know? Right. Right. It's a lot of anti-hero stuff. And I was yeah. just like, even in the nineties, I was unmoved by the <laughs> anti-hero. I was like, that's great, but I would like the hero hero to win or <laughs> turn him into the thunderbolts. Those hey. are the two things I want. I want the, I want the anti-hero to actually turn into a hero. Did you ever read incorruptible? Uh, uh no i don't think so that's the uh with the ant-man right uh, no no that's or... mark wade there's uh irredeemable and incorruptible oh, okay okay yeah, which yeah. is essentially ender's game and ender's shadow mm-hmm. of comic books so uh uh irredeemable is a superman character who goes rogue and kills like three billion people mm-hmm, and becomes mm-hmm. a bad guy and incorruptible is about one of the super villains who has to become a superhero to fight the bad guy superman yeah. And um, Mark Wade wrote it. It's amazing. One of the first scenes of Incorruptible is our bad guy ha- is literally wakes up with a 15 year old girl. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm a good guy now. We can't have sex anymore. <laughs> and uh, and you're just like, Ugh. all right. And then and we see that transition of him turning into a better into the hero. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right, I'll read that. So, but I need, um, yes, I definitely. So Todd McFarland. Um, yeah, he did. He, he animated the, uh, the video oh, he, for that. Oh, that's they said cool. that they, they wanted uh, the history of the human race in four minutes. And so they kind of go along throughout evolution. The song's called do the evolution and they show, you know, war and, you know, the yeah. hypocrisy in humanity and all that sort of stuff. Sure, sure. Which uh, is all very real, and uh, and so yeah. So, do you do you put these albums on and just hang? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes um, a lot of people like to listen to the bootlegs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of prefer. Maybe it's because of the podcast I'm doing. I prefer to listen to studio stuff more because that's what I'm going through. Right. Um, right. When you're done, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, but they they've. A lot of people are kind of like, oh, I liked them when they were, you know, their first albums, you know, their later ones. Uh, I don't get them, you know, it's kind yeah. of like they've grown. They, I know that, you know, hopefully you, you hear stuff at a certain age and that becomes your, your favorite stuff forever. 
Yeah. And so, you know, you can't ever get back there. They're growing. You got to grow too. So right. it might and you not be still for you. Love, yeah. You, you could still love that early stuff and, and, and be into it and, and watch it and listen to it. But what do you like about their journey? You know, like from your, for the first song that you liked, like black mm-hmm. was on, was on the first album, right? Yeah. And what's, um, their current album, the one that just came out two years mm-hmm. ago, right? Um, what are the big differences? Are they do they talk about you know just sort of what they've learned and are they still mad at the patriarchy? Are they still mad at the man? Oh yeah, this uh, I think this one that has come out, like every album sort of has a different um, cover art sort of theme around it. So it's it doesn't you know it's not a rock opera or concept album in that sense, but they'll have uh, album art that kind of has a motif around it. Okay. This one has been global warming. So oh. a gigaton is like how much ice has, you know, the, the Arctic is losing every, you know, month or day or something like that. Because right, right, of, right. Uh, of, by uh, a of desalination. Right yeah, by a desalination. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm in Reno, so I might have some uh, oceanfront property, everybody yeah, says. any uh, minute now. <laughs> So that okay, so that's that's one of them. So they they address the current issues, mm-hmm. and their but their their heart hasn't changed so much, right? I mean, no, they've always kind of been looking both inward and also outward out at the world, seeing what's around them. They have a song called uh, WMA, which stands for White Male American, mm-hmm. which was a pre-Black Lives Matter sort of uh, song. About, you know, hanging out with, uh, you know, Eddie was hanging out with a black guy. Cop came up to both of them and just harassed the black guy. Mm -hmm. And he said, I hadn't showered in a couple of days. You know, I'm dressed like a grunge guy and they come up and bug him. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, I'm the one who looks homeless. Why are you bugging him? Right, right. Which is, you know, those, the learning experience of, of being white and Mm -hmm. then witnessing, you know, the invention of the iPhone camera has, uh, you know, because I always... I always thought I got it right. Cause mm-hmm. I, I have arrogance, but, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, but the thing is, is the huge reveal every, you know, whenever it happens, there's like a cascade of information and I'm just like, you know, I didn't cause I'm in my own fishbowl. Right. I didn't mm-hmm. see, but I thought I saw, and I got sort of the big picture, but when it's the specificity of each of those videos that came with the iPhone, with the, with the, introduction of cameras on phones where you're just like, then it's one huge reveal after another where you're like, Oh shit. And I remember when it, when it first happened, I would, I would talk to friends of mine who were black and Brown and gay. And I'd be like, did you see this? So they're like, put it down. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I've seen it. I'm familiar with racism. Can we go to lunch (laughs) anyway? So, but I'm glad you're seeing it in another, you know, level. And I'm like, Giant, I have onion burns. The peeling of the onion is happening so fast. I have freaking onion burns, man. Anyway, um, but that's cool that they're that they're sort of, you know, because as some artists get older and stuff, they get set in their ways. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're like they they become more conservative or they yeah, become yeah. they they stop seeing they're living in too big of a gated community, right? And and they lose they got money, lose, they don't want to pay taxes anymore. Right, right. It's a weird, you know, you're just like, what happened to that guy? I used to like that guy. Now you're this guy? Why? I mean, Eminem didn't turn into that guy, but Kid (laughs) Rock turned into that guy, right? So it's a very weird kind of thing where you're just like, could go either way. So I'm glad that Pearl Jam kind of stayed on the right side of history, you know, in 30 years of doing, 40 years of doing music, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 30, 30, 30 years, yeah. Yeah. What we got about 2 minutes left here. What was the last was the last song alive? Yeah, alive last song's one? alive. Um sort of they're they're the song that made them um Eddie uh, um in this specific performance is from um what you call it from uh, VH1 Storytellers. He sort of tells the story about how this is a song about when his mom told him that that wasn't his real dad and he was like you know, my real dad is dead, but I'm still alive. You know, I'm a, I'm a reminder to you of that guy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what does that, what does that make me? Uh, uh, the song actually is sort of hints at a, um, 
a story. Um, this was one of the three songs from the original tape that he got from Jack Irons. Um, okay. That he went surfing. He listened to the songs. He wrote music to it. He sent it back. They listened to it. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. The, the first, this, this is the first song of the trilogy um, about a kid being told that his, you know, his world real, is, yeah, his, his world is destroyed. His mom tells him, you know, you look a lot like your, like your birth dad. There's kind of an, uh, you know, Oedipus sort of thing going on. And, but this isn't real life. This is just in the story of the songs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so that kind of messes him up in the second song. Uh, is about him as a serial killer. He grows up to be a serial killer and he kills some people on the side of the road. And then the third song is a song about that guy on death row and um, sort of having to, to, to come, uh, come faced with the fact that, you know, even if his life was messed up, you know, he's the one that made all the choices and sort of that's, that's sort of the only, uh, what song mini is that? opera the, the this uh the three a set of three songs called the mama song trilogy mm-hmm. which uh is a reference to a um joe strummer from the clash okay or more music uh, stuff for you sure sure no, <laughs> uh, a, a, a reference to to one of his songs um so it goes like alive once and footsteps is okay. the final song on that oh interesting that is fascinating this has been an interesting tour of the band Pearl Jam. It's an hour, by the way, just so you know. You kind of stuck the landing on that thing. It's at like, (laughs) we're at with... Hell yeah. That's a well played. Well played, Brandon Palomo. So Brandon Palomo has a podcast about Pearl Jam where he goes through each of the songs from and is continuing because he's only on the seventh of the 11 studio albums. Uh, He has a podcast. It's called Better Band Pod. Uh, at those for the for the handles on the social media and betterbandpod.com for all a little too much information. Get over there and see what's happening over there. Um, and you could go to at Brandon Palomo if you just want to talk to Brandon Palomo. And I will post the eight song. I believe the YouTube list is what I will post so that Spotify doesn't add a different eight songs every time. <laughs> and that is B-R-A-N-D-E-N and Palomo is P-A-L- Oh, it's at Brandon P. Yeah. At, yeah okay. Uh, for the, for the handles. And, um, and thank you so much for doing the show. Well, I now thanks know. Thanks for having things. me on Jackie. This, I, I, this, I think uh, Dork Forest and Jordan, Jesse go with the first podcast I ever started to listen to, you know, 13, 14 years ago. Do you know that Jordan reviewed the Dork Forest uh, about 15 years ago? And he said that it sound it was when it was not pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. And he said that it sounded like someone was holding up their phone to an <laughs> AM radio. So if you go to my band camp, dorkforest.bandcamp, uh, you could listen to my favorite 17 episodes of the first 200 episodes of the Dork Forest. And they all sound like someone holding their phone <laughs> to an AM radio as Jordan made fun of me. And he's not wrong. Uh, but the quality of the conversation was good. Much That's like this conversation. <laughs> See that transition? See what I've learned in yeah. 16 years? Uh, thank you for doing the show. Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my God. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?